I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. Happy everything. Um, happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Um, you'll hear from us before the new year. So, you know, we don't have to, I don't have to go over all those, but, um, happy everything else because this will be our only one this week. Otherwise our other episode will drop on Christmas Eve and, you know, we're all too, too busy for that shit. You know, whether we're, um, not really seeing as many people this year because of COVID or whatnot, but it, uh, it, you know, you take some time to watch some Christmas movies and enjoy yourself give each other presents, just try and be happy this year. I know it's a little bit different, but still try and be as merry as possible. Um, I will be actually going over some Christmas movies in a bit with my wonderful and amazing co-host, Richie Suave Flores. How you doing? Hello, Corey. I'm doing quite splendiferous today. It's uh, We were recording on a Sunday. It's, uh, it's a very busy day today for me. But I'm, I hope everybody is enjoying their Christmas week leading up to it. I hope everybody has done their Christmas shopping. I have not yet. I am always a last-minute shopper, and it's going to be that way once again. I, I only have, like, four people to shop for, which is my two sisters and my parents, and that's it. So I don't have to do a lot of shopping. But I'm, I'm cutting it too close here. Uh, yeah, that's what I was actually wondering about that. I had a conversation this morning with Scotty about that, saying basically, how can you be a procrastinator this year when you can't order a single thing online right now because of the fact that like there's so many packages going out and about that nothing will come in before Christmas at this point. So like, how do you essentially do that? Because every you, you would have to be walking into a store and even though it's COVID, there's still like shit tons of people in, in a store. Like I went in one store yesterday, which we're recording this on on Sunday. So that was on a Saturday and there was so many freaking people. And I literally tried to get hot bagel and the line was out the door. It's just, it's kind of a shit show out there. And I'm like, with COVID, I wouldn't want to be doing too much of that. But I guess since you have four people, it's a little bit easier. I have like... I don't know. It's it's probably more around the realm of like 14, I think, because my family, Scotty's family, and then you also have to throw in there that my niece's birthday is just after Christmas, so I have to get an extra present for her on that. So I, I don't know how I would do it if I, if I waited this long. <laughs> well, I'm going to be fine, I think. I hope. I think so. I have some ideas. As to what I'm gonna I'm gonna do, but now I just have to execute them this week, and it's a busy week because I have I have a bunch I'm I'm working at Sprouts a bunch this week, so it's gonna be a little rough to try and find time to go and pick something up. But I have faith in myself that we'll get it done, and I have faith in you, Sport Nation, that you'll be able to get all of your Christmas shopping done this week in time for Christmas. And if you are celebrating Christmas with your family this year, make sure it's uh, very socially distant and safe that you're not traveling anywhere, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely going to be a different year for a lot of people. And, and, and I feel for you all because, you know, it's definitely not going to be the same. It's, it's not going to be the same for us really either. So um, try and enjoy it, but be as safe as possible. We're getting towards the finish line here, whether you are a vaccine person or not, um, we would encourage you to get a vaccine here in the sporting nation, but uh, whether you are or not, I feel like the end is finally somewhat coming near. We'll probably have masks for another year, I would say. Um, but at least it won't be so stressful and we might finally start getting sports back and whatnot. It'll be really nice to see. I, d- I doubt we'll get it for the, um, this like NHL season, but it will be nice to, have a you know a, a time near that where we actually can go to Coyotes games again. 
Yeah, that'll be quite fun. Sorry, I'm literally eating a, a nice little snack while we're recording. So I took a massive bite of <laughs> of a blueberry muffin right as you went to talk to me. So I'm going to ask you this question because we're talking about Christmas. Most overrated and underrated Christmas movies for you. What are they? So I was looking at this in our rundown and I was like trying to think about really, really well-known movie, like Christmas movies. And, and it's really funny, but, and I feel like people are going to hate me for this, but I feel like Home Alone is a very overrated Christmas movie. I like, it's all right. Like, I don't mind Home Alone. I like Home Alone. I just feel like as for a Christmas movie, it's not like a traditional Christmas movie. And people don't question it the same way they question Die Hard. Which I, I think is why I hold this, like, grudge. Like, I feel like it's the same thing. Like, it's a kid messing with these guys. and like it, So it's kind of like a comedy in that sense. And then it just happens to be around Christmas time. And then Die Hard is a an action movie that happens around Christmas time. Um, and people question Die Hard all the time, but they don't question Home Alone. They always think that Home Alone is just a Christmas movie, which, so that, that would be mine because I just feel like people don't question it like they do Die Hard. And I think I'm a little bit butthurt about it. <laughs> so that was your, your overrated one? Yes. Okay. My overrated... I have two. I, it's a tie for me between Elf and A Christmas Story. I've seen them, bits and pieces of both of them, and neither of them hooked me at all. A Christmas Story wasn't a part of my family's Christmas season ever. That wasn't our thing. We were we were a big Christmas vacation family. That's the movie we would watch every year. So A Christmas Story, too boring. Not the biggest on Christmas vacation. Someone's really going to hate me for that. You don't like Christmas Vacation? A lot of the like National Lampoon stuff. Uh-huh. I don't know. I just don't find it that funny. Okay, yeah. See, and that's how I feel about okay. about Elf and A Christmas Story. That type of that type of movie, that type of that style of comedy, whatever, it just didn't hit me. And I love Will Ferrell, trust me. Right? Like I I quote Ricky Bobby all the time. I love it. It's a great movie. I was watching it not too long ago. But Elf just not my thing. Christmas story, not my thing. Overrated, in my opinion. I guess I guess there is some National Lampoon stuff that I like. Like I like Van Wilder. So I guess it's not like all of them. Maybe it's just because like I never really like watched that much of that one. And then like when I did, I was just like I didn't really get that that into it. But that is one that people absolutely love and adore is Christmas Vacation. Like they're Someone I know actually went to, they had basically like scenes from that movie where you could like travel between like different scenes from that movie in in person. Oh, okay. That's interesting and fun. That's, that's, that's how big that movie is, is the fact that people literally like, they made an entire like live set that you could walk around. I don't know where it was. I don't know if it was in the state or in another state. I was probably in another state. I think it might've been like New Mexico or something. But um, I had seen it on their Instagram store where they're, they're walking around um, basically scenes from that movie. I, I just, I don't know. And there's, it's funny because I always have a certain cycle of Christmas movies that I watch and that's just not one of them. But um, as for Elf, Elf is part of my, my cycle of movies. I do really enjoy Elf. It's, um, it is like a different comedy in in that sense it's kind of uh um the more kind of goofy childish humor kind of thing to it but um it's just so well-spirited because of the fact of like who his character is um so I, I I have a thing for Elf that that one is one of my favorite Christmas movies every year but my Probably my most underrated Christmas movie um, that Scotty and I actually watched for the first time last year 
that we just like absolutely loved after it is uh, the the movie Just Friends. It has Ryan Reynolds in it. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I've heard of it. I don't think I've ever seen it. Um, Ryan Reynolds is um, basically like this really awkward kid who falls in love with his best friend when he is in high school, I think is what it was. And, um, and they like, she was dating some popular guy or whatever. They make fun of him for writing like a love note to her. And so he runs away. And then after he like runs away from that situation, he ends up like going to LA and, um, being like a popular like Hollywood agent and dating a pop star and all this stuff. And he ends up being stuck in his hometown for Christmas time and has to face like all of those same people and his best friend that he was in love with um, all over again. But um, it's really funny because it's Ryan Reynolds type humor and Ryan Reynolds is just really funny. Um, and he like, you know, he was, everything's changed. Like he couldn't ice skate before and now he like plays men's league hockey and like does all that type of stuff. So, um, they kind of just show him coming back and then, um, oh my gosh, what's her name? Anna Ferris, I think is the, like plays the pop star and she plays like a psycho and she's hilarious in it too. So that that's my most underrated one because I, I really enjoy it. It's really funny, but I just feel like I don't hear people talk about it like ever. No, yeah, you're right. I don't I I haven't I didn't even know it was a Christmas movie, to be honest, but apparently it is. So my my vote for underrated Christmas movie is gonna go to a movie that I was actually watching a couple days ago because it was on and I was like, all right, well I'll watch this. I haven't seen it in a while. Have you seen Jingle All the Way before, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? No. Oh, wow. Okay. I watched it when I was a kid. It came out, and um, and I liked it then. It's been shit on as being, like, one of the worst movies ever made type of thing. And the IMDb rating is, like, 5.5. The tomato meter is, like, 15%. Not Does not get good reviews whatsoever from most of the general public. But... I, I think it's it's really entertaining. It's just super fun and super silly. And it's Arnold Schwarzenegger being really weird and, and funny and hilarious. It also has Phil Hartman in it, who of SNL fame, who since has died since then. He's hilarious in it. And it has Sinbad playing a, a mailman in it. And the, the plot of the movie is Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a, a dad who is kind of a well, he's not a great dad at all. He's always working. He missed out on his kids' um, like karate class when he got a new his green belt or whatever, and and so the movie is about him forgetting to get this very specific like superhero toy for his kid earlier before Christmas, and then he tries to go find it on Christmas Eve or whatever, and it's sold out everywhere. And then that kind of kickstarts the movie and it's him trying to go find this toy for his kid. And then at the end of the movie, they're all every, it's all happy Jack and they all like make up and like, Oh, they're a big happy family again. But it's actually, it's a really funny movie and I don't know why it's not liked by more people. What's funny is there is a, a movie and I'm trying to think of the name of the movie, but that's got Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. And he goes to get his daughter like a doll for her birthday and he shows up and he's been like replaced in his family. Like uh, there's a, a, like a carbon copy of him I'm trying to think of what it's called where they basically, they find, you know, the government is like cloning people and they thought he was dead. So they cloned yeah, him. I know like, what, I know what movie you're talking about and I can't remember the name of it either. Oh my gosh. It's going to kill me. But it, the beginning of that movie has the same feels as the beginning of that movie. And and they're both Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. That was where my brain went right away. That's uh, funny. Yeah. But, it's not, you're not talking about Total Recall, are you? I think so. Maybe. 
I think I think that may be what is what you're talking about, but we could could be wrong on that. But yeah, let us know, Sporting Nation, what your most overrated and underrated Christmas movies are as we head into Christmas week here. And um and and we'll see what you, you have to say about it. I'm very curious. Alright, so I speaking of movies, Corey, you know, Sporting Nation, you know, I've been on a Fast and Furious binge over the last week. I managed to finish really all quickly though, you do yes. have to plug very, very quickly. We have to plug the new Christmas movie that we both fell in love with. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh absolutely. It's it's called um, happiest season. It's on Netflix and it's fucking great. It's so funny. It's different than a lot of your normal Christmas movies because this movie is about dealing with, um, sexuality in a different way where the main character is kind of, hasn't come out to her parents yet, but is falling in love with, um, with the main character in the movie played, um, Played by God, why, why can't I remember her name? Oh my gosh, who plays the lead character in that movie? Corey, help me out here. From Twilight, it would be the one from Twilight, yes, which her name is on the tip of my tongue, and it's not Robert Pattinson because that's the guy. <laughs> Everyone loved how much I enjoyed Twilight as a Kristen Stewart. Much. Um, Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart. There we go. Hey. Yeah, she plays the main character. It also has in supporting roles Dan Levy from from Schitt's Creek, and he's one probably the best part of the movie in my opinion. And he's fucking hilarious. And if you haven't seen it already, go watch it. Corey and I both loved it. And the and the movie that I was talking about with Arnold Schwarzenegger earlier is called The Sixth Day. Ah, okay. So um, it's a different movie. But he and in Total Recall, there is a part of the movie where he's like going up against himself. They implant, they, they implant memories in his head, though. Total yes. Recall. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay. So speaking of movies, I've been watching the Fast and Furious franchise over the last week. I've managed to finish all eight movies in the span of a week. And I, I've seen Hobbs and Shaw previously, so I didn't include that in my watching till now. So I want to do my power rankings of the entire Fast and Furious franchise. I'm really excited about this because, um, you know, like I watched them from like the order that they came out, like when they came out in theaters, except for like when I, when the first one came out, cause what was that again? 2001, right? 2001. Yep. Yeah, I was I was in first grade, so I don't I don't think my parents allowed me to go to the movie theater and watch it, but I did like watch it um, outside of that, and so like um, going from then to now, I feel like it's I have a weird bias in the fact that I have like my life events that go along with it, um, so I really enjoy hearing it from your point of view, who watched them literally all back to back and can just take all of them in all at once as a newcomer and can rank all of them relatively objectively. I mean, everyone's going to have subjectivity in it, but I feel like yours is going to be the most uh, objective as you could be. Yeah, I'm going to try. I'm going to do my best. Do you want me to go from best to worst or worst to best? Um, go from worst to best because that, that, that creates some suspense. Okay, you're going to hate me for this, but my least favorite Fast and Furious movie was actually the original one. Damn, see, that's why I, 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 that's why I was saying there's going to be some, um, some bias on my end. Because, like, that was the first one I watched. That was the one that, like, I watched a bunch before any of the other ones. And so, like, because for a while you, you had, like, two and three, but you didn't really have... It didn't have the same original people, all the original people in them and stuff like that. So one was the only one you could hold on to for a while. So I have I have a big bias towards that one. So damn, I can't believe one's going to be the worst on your ranking. Yeah, and, it, and so that it was a bad movie. And I don't think that any of the eight movies are bad movies. I actually enjoyed all, of, all eight of the movies to different extents. So when I put it last, it's not that I hated the movie. It just... It just, in hindsight, it's just so different from what the series became that it just seems tame. 
It seems too tame. And I thought the story was kind of too simple in a way. And, and even though the action sequences and the racing scenes are, are great in that movie, it still was my least favorite and least memorable really of the entire series. So that ranks number eight. Number seven is going to be the fourth movie, which is called the fast or uh, the fast and the furious, I think, or whatever. Um, also very unmemorable. One is the fast and the furious and four is fast and furious. Okay. Yeah. So the fourth one, I don't really remember anything about that movie. Quite frankly, I really don't. Um, other, other than the fact that Letty dies at the very beginning, allegedly, we think she's dead. She later comes back in the series, but I'm going to put that one as my, as, as number seven. And then I watched fate and the furious yesterday and I was texting you about it and it's going to be my number six on the list because I did not like the fact that they made, um, Dominic Toretto, like kind of like the antagonist for much of the movie. And so that kind of turned me off, even though I liked Charlize Theron, she's great. And apparently she's going to be back for the ninth one too. She was good, but I just didn't like how they did that in the first half of the movie. Um, Although there are some there are some cool action sequences in there, uh, they weren't as good as some of the other ones. So that's number six. Um, number five. Or at least the one that's good. No. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, number five for me is going to be Too Fast, Too Furious. Now I actually love this movie more than a lot of people do because the, even though it's missing Dominic Toretto, it introduces my two favorite characters of the entire franchise, which is which is um, uh, uh, Tej and then uh, – so, yeah, it's um, uh, Tyrese okay. and, and Ludacris. They are introduced in that movie, and they're, and they're fucking hilarious. They're probably my two favorite characters of the entire franchise outside of Han, who I also enjoy. And so I'd put Too Fast, Too Furious up there, and the racing scenes in that movie are, are quite fun as well. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I like Tokyo Drift I more than like that movie a lot. I actually like the that second movie one? a lot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's 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 just different. It's the direction of it is better. It's a little bit slicker looking. It's like a slicker version of the first movie, which is like it felt like it was kind of too too niche or whatever. Like it, it the direction wasn't great to it. It felt like a, a college film project where the second one felt like a fully developed movie. And so that's why I liked it a lot. And I liked the setting in Miami. I thought that was awesome. That was a lot of fun. And I, I liked the dynamic between Brian and the rest of the characters in that movie. So that's number five. Number four is Tokyo Drift. And the reason why that's so high on the list is because it was so different from the rest of the franchise. So I liked it because of the drifting aspect of it. I thought that was really fucking cool. It just made things different from the rest of the franchise. It introduces Han, who ends up becoming one of the better characters of the entire Fast and Furious franchise. And some of the racing scenes in that movie are some of the best of the entire franchise, in my opinion. And like the final scene on the cl- on where they race down the mountain, incredible. The scene where they're racing through the streets of Tokyo, where Han ends up dying, unfortunately. That was really awesome. And so that's number four on my list. Uh, number three is going to be Fast and Furious 6. Now, this one is 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 the is the one where um, it introduces. Um, uh, 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 oh, gosh, I'm gonna, Luke Evans, right? Luke, Luke, Luke Evans, that's his name. No, it's not his fucking name. God damn it. The main character of that the villain of that movie is the brother of. Deckard Shaw, Jason Statham. So in Fast and Furious 6, that's the movie where it finishes, where they take down an entire fucking plane, which was awesome. And there's also some really great scenes earlier in the movie. That's number three. And then my two favorites are going to be Fast Five is number two on my list because it introduces The Rock, which whom I love immensely. And then the final kind of chase is, scene in that entire movie... It? What'd you call him? I call him Luke Luke Evans. Yeah, that's his name. Oh, it is Luke Evans? Nice. Yes. All right. Oh, and he plays Owen Shaw? 
Yes. 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 And then, yeah, so fat, fat, then we move on to Fast Five, which is number two, introduces The Rock. And in that movie, we get um, the finish to that movie was like just incredibly cool, I thought. Um, not only do we get a showdown between Rock and Vin Diesel early in the movie, which is great, but at the end of the movie, it if uh, it's basically they're racing through the streets of of um, of Rio, if I'm not mistaken, in the, in the fifth one, maybe. Um, and they they have they basically it's a heist where they steal this massive massive safe from this drug cartel, and they're racing through the streets. Um, Dominic, Dominic Toretto and Brian, they're racing through the streets with this massive um, safe behind them that they have locked to their cars. And I thought was fucking great. So that's number two. And my favorite one is, has got to be Fast 7. Jason Statham in the movie, obviously. But anytime you have two, th- two incredible action sequences in that movie, which is... I, and I texted you and I tweeted it out too. They were literally skydiving with fucking cars. What? And the entire time, Terry Skibson is is freaking the fuck out. Yes. It's the funniest great. shit ever. He like he did not want to like jump out of that plane. And then when he finally did he was just complaining the entire time that he ends up in like the bushes or the trees off the side of the road and wasn't even a part of it that was funny and then he ends up coming he ends up finally falling at the coming down at the very end and helping them take down the tank at the very end of that that particular sequence and then later on in the movie when they're in abu dhabi and they're in the high rise that massive high rise building and they're trying to steal the the thing for the God's eye basically. And, and they're like, Oh crap, we don't have time to do this. We got caught. They jump in the move. They jump in the car and start jumping through fucking buildings in this million dollar car. I was like, what? And it's crazy, but it was really fucking cool. And those were the two most memorable parts about that movie. And then, Oh, and then we get introduced to probably my favorite villain in the entire franchise. We get Jason Statham's Deckard Shaw and he's, incredible he's he was terrific and he ends up obviously coming back for fast eight and then hobbs and shaw and that was incredible good stuff i wish you could see my face right now you just described fast seven went through the entire thing and didn't acknowledge the fact of the ending of the movie i no, you know i oh shit that's right oh yeah oh man yes that's the other reason why it's it's so good because I texted you about it, and and it's yeah it's the final obviously movie that is that stars um uh um oh fuck me why Paul can't Walker. I remember his name oh my god Paul Walker, Walker. Jesus Christ what a podcast folks I can't Ryan remember anybody's funny. name it's, yes it, you're, we're already on vacation Richie we're already in vacation mindset of like. Christmas vacation. I mean, like you're working still, but I mean, it's, it's, it's that Christmas time where you're gone mentally. I guess so. This is what happens when you watch eight movies in a week. You just, things start to blend together. But yeah, the final, the final scene in that movie was like, it's, it's, it is really, it was really sad, but it was really, it was really well done. And it was a great kind of tribute to him at the end of the movie. And, and so, yeah, I think that that's why it's, it's number one for me. The actors are cool. The villain and then the the bittersweet goodbye to Paul Walker too. Yeah, I, I thought that was really nice the way they ended it too. When they did like the whole scene of where they look at each other and before they in the first movie where they race that like because it, it was an exact quarter mile to the um the tr- the train tracks and so they were racing in the first one when you know Vin Diesel ends up flipping his car and then. Uh, Paul Walker has to give him the 10 second car um, and that starts that the whole thing kind of going so it it brings it around full circle and it is it was like the saddest most beautiful piece of cinema like just in that one spot like for a really goofy franchise like a that's just really more 
fun and cool sequences of um, car stunts basically is all it usually is for it to go into something that was that like beautiful and touching was kind of was kind of cool and it's kind of cool I thought that um, if you notice in fast in the eighth one they still mention him um, that's Faith the yeah. that's why I, I couldn't remember who it was um, in Faith the Furious they still mention him because when uh, Dominic Toretto uh, goes evil they said like oh well Brian would be able to get through to him and, and they go oh no we're not going to bring him and Mia into this but I did see in nine that Mia was supposed to be in it so I don't know how they're going to explain that Oh, I did not see that she's going to be in it. Well, maybe she can show up and they'll just probably be like, oh, yeah, Brian's at home with the kids or whatever, et cetera, et cetera. So there you go. That's our that's my rankings of the Fast and Furious movies. I don't know how it's been so long since I have since I was able to watch them all. They're all really, really fun. Love them all. Although I'm still partial to the Mission Impossible franchise as being my favorite action franchise of all time. So and I need to do a rewatch of those movies too, because I haven't I haven't seen um, the uh, the fifth I haven't seen the sixth one in a while, which was my favorite of the bunch. So I need to watch that again. But anyway, let's get into some hockey talk here, Corey, before we uh, do move on in the show, which is we are seemingly getting ever closer to the season starting and. Um, uh, allegedly the really the only thing left to finalize is whether or not all the Canadian teams are going to be able to play in Canada. And apparently the Canadian government, the NHL, they're still working through some things in terms of signing off uh, paperwork, et cetera, et cetera. So they can actually play games in Canada according to whatever province they're in. So that's the only hurdle left to really get this season underway is training camps essentially are going to start by next week. So by the next time we talk to you, NHL training camps should be underway. But the thing Corey and I wanted to talk about this week as we approach the season is the really, really annoying fact that for a lot of Coyotes fans, they're not going to be able to watch games this season because of the fucktards at Sinclair who own all the regional sports networks and they are basically holding out for more money from Hulu, from Sling, from YouTube TV to try and so that way they can carry Fox Sports Arizona here locally on so we can watch them. So until then, we can't watch Coyotes, we can't watch Suns, we can't watch Diamondbacks here locally because Sinclair is trying to eke out every bit of fucking money that, that, that they can. And if you haven't already, and I highly recommend doing it, there was a great 20-minute piece that John Oliver did on Last Week Tonight about Sinclair about a year and a half ago or so and how bad they are because they're very well known for being very, very conservative, very pro-Republican, and and basically what they do for a lot of their local stations that they own too is that they're propaganda for a lot of these um for a lot of conservative causes and John Oliver gets into that on his show. But as far as the Coyotes and Coyotes fans are concerned, we're not going to be able to watch them this year until Sinclair gets their head out of their asses and gets an agreement to get them on the air uh, across the country. Cause it's not just Fox sports, Arizona. It's a lot of other fans that are going to be missing out on, on hockey this year. Yeah. It's honestly just ridiculous. And the fact that like, you know, this, as, as I mentioned many times, like this team is trying to grow as much as possible. And when we're in a season that's going to be where you cannot go to these games, um, you're going to be want to be watching these games on TV. And that's the only way you're going to be able to follow this team and, and really be able to watch these games. And, and the fact that they are causing such a fuss, like, and this has been a problem for years that they have been having like a uh, dish lost, um, Fox Sports Arizona was that was it last year or two years ago? And it's like if there's any but if there's been two things that have been always kind of like the bane of my like TV watching existence, it has been Fox Sports Arizona 
and Pac-12 because those two networks have been the most annoying shit ever. And it just, it's so frustrating the fact that they are trying to price gouge like this and causes, because in the end, it's not like Hulu and all of the other ones aren't like gouging you for money as well. Like, uh, Richie and I both have Hulu and, um, it's almost become a yearly occurrence now that, uh, I get an angry text from Richie each year about Hulu raising our prices once again, because, you know, they can, and all these networks are wanting more money. And so, you know, they have to hold out because of the fact that you, they would be charging everyone an arm and a leg for, um, their streaming services if they were to do this. And it's just, it's so ridiculous because if you are paying a lot of money and if you're like me and probably a lot of people, most of the things you watch on there is sports. And so if you take, get rid of Fox Sports Arizona, you're getting rid of most sports in Arizona. So what is the point? Um, it's honestly dumb and ridiculous. I mean, some people were saying like, oh, well, why don't they come out with an app? We'll just pay like a subscription fee for the app. But it's, and then that would be a cool option. But at the same time, like I almost kind of feel like this is a problem that Sinclair has, not necessarily the streaming services. So like, I would almost not even want to pay them directly money because of the bullshit that they're pulling. It just, it's so obnoxious. And I wish there was like a different option. The fact that there is really no competition there um, makes it difficult because you, you have to do Fox Sports or nothing. And it just, um, to me, screams that there needs to be someone, someone else that has the same dynamic of markets like this and is a strong competitor for them because they're going to continue to do this bullshit when they're the only ones that will be streaming these games. And speaking, you were just talking about a subscription for to be able to watch teams outside of Hulu and, and Sling and, and DirecTV or whatever that may be. Well, Sinclair, the latest on Sinclair is that, number one, they're way, way underwater on their acquisition of the regional sports networks. Apparently, they bought the regional sports networks for $9.6 billion from Disney last year. And now that's basically been cut in half. And they're worth basically about $5 billion now, which is insane. And according to Awful Announcing here – um, they're going through the parent company of that owns all of the regional sports network. That's part of um, Sinclair. It's called Diamond Sports Group. The, apparently, they are calling the regional sports networks Sinclair's Achilles heel. So at this point, they're like, it's just a joke to them at this point because they're losing so much money on it. Which leads me to my next point, which is that. Sinclair has decided to sell the naming rights to the Fox Sports Net regional channels to Bally's Casino. So at some point in the near future, it's not even going to be called Fox Sports Arizona anymore. It's going to be called Bally's Sports Network Arizona or something like that. And included in that, as they're trying to figure out what to fucking do with these things, is that they are talking about offering a straight-to-consumer app. So people can watch their sports and also bet on the games too, if that makes any sense. And it doesn't say when this is going to be available. All it says here is Sinclair has announced another potentially groundbreaking move. They're bringing out a direct-to-consumer offering of the channels, which would presumably allow core cutters to subscribe directly to such channels, which is wild to me. And if they do do that, I hope they do it so that way they offer every like more channels. So like if I subscribe to their, their app, I can not only, I can watch Coyotes games. Yes, but I can watch any other game from outside of the, of the market too. Granted, I have a thing that's an NHL thing and that's going to be scaring the rules a little bit, but yeah, all around this is bullshit. Like that, the fact that we won't be able to watch Coyotes games this year, because I don't see a solution to this anytime soon. It's just, it's so maddening. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do to be able to watch games this year other than pirate the shit out of them because I have secret ways 
wink, wink. And it's just, it's just frustrating for Coyotes fans. Yeah, I, it's annoying as hell. And I mean, there are going to be ways that people can get them. If they know someone with DirecTV or Cox or any of that stuff, you can always use uh, the DirecTV or Cox uh, login information and uh, stream it from there from like the um, smart TV app for it. Um, you know, in case, in case you want to pirate it that way. I don't know if I can get in trouble for saying that out loud. But um, but I, I guess it's not really pirating. You're just using a login. I don't know. I don't know what what isn't isn't illegal like in TV streaming these days. Um, but uh, so you can you can do it that way. But yeah, it's going to screw over a lot of people, and and a lot of Coyotes fans are on the younger side, and, and a lot of people from our generation don't really want to deal with cable and satellite and all that shit. We would rather just stream everything online. So um, the fact that there's going to be all those people that aren't able to watch the Coyotes games is going to be grade A obnoxious. And then, you know, and then there's the fact that they're essentially going to be turning this into a joke. Like, if you're really going to make it into a point where it's tied with Vegas that closely, where, like, literally it's being named after Bally's, you can bet while you're, like in the app and watching it and stuff like that. It just, I don't know. I just feel like it's going to be turning it into a joke. It, it's, there's a level of um, professionalism that I just feel like they will lose and never really be able to come back from. I am saying right now, someone needs to come in and become a competitor for this and really just blow them out of the water and just tank that ship because they have been tanking it themselves with, and I understand they're probably price gouging in order to try and make up for the high price they paid for them, but it, they ended up losing more money in the fact that no one wants to pay them what they're asking for. And they're screwing themselves. They they played themselves essentially. Yeah, I don't know what their what their business strategy was behind it, but it's it's a sinking ship fast, and the only losers here are are the consumers, our fans who aren't going to be able to watch games this year without a solution anytime soon. And like you said, Fox Sports Arizona more or less has a monopoly. They that's how we watch our local sports is via just them, and so to not have that available for a large swath of Arizonans is uh, is a is a massive massive bummer because i will tell you this i ain't moving to cable just to get sports i can figure out a way around it etc etc all right so we have about what uh seven or eight minutes left in the show here Corey. let's quickly dive into some of these projections that we saw regarding how the coyotes will finish this year and we'll just kind of get your each of our initial reactions to them we have one from Jay Fresh Hockey and one from Sean Tierney, both analytics-focused people on Twitter, and they put out their projections for this year. Sean Tierney in the Western Division or the Pacific Division, whatever you want to call it, he actually has the Coyotes finishing fourth behind Vegas, Colorado, St. Louis at 60 points just ahead of Minnesota, which would get them into the playoffs because this year – it's going to be the top four teams in each of these four divisions that are going to make it into the playoffs. So he has them making the playoffs, whereas Jay Fresh Hockey, he has the Coyotes finishing just out of the playoffs. He has Colorado, St. Louis, Vegas, and Minnesota making up the four teams that get in. And I, I – in somewhere on the middle because the Coyotes, they got a, a, a gift from the NHL gods when they got Minnesota in the deal as opposed to Dallas because it was always going to be, for a while, it was going to be either St. Louis and Minnesota and Dallas as opposed to St. Louis and Minnesota. And Minnesota, albeit a bad matchup for the Coyotes last year and in previous years, you know, Minnesota was still a team that was starting to get better towards the end of last season. They're going to have some issues with their goaltending, so they kind of have the advantage there. But 
if Dallas would have been in this division, there was no chance the Coyotes were making it in. But at least now they have a chance. They have a chance at sneaking in because Anaheim, LA, San Jose at the bottom of the division, they ain't doing jack shit again this year. They're going to be bad for another couple of years. But it's going to be Minnesota and Arizona battling out all season long for that fourth spot. And I'd, I'd say it's 50-50 if they make it right now or not. They're bringing back most of the same lineup. Hopefully Darcy Kemper and Auntie Ranta in a shortened season stay healthy. And if I had to pick which of these I I would be more apt to believe, I would say the Jay Fresh Hockey one because I just don't know where the Coyotes are going to get their get their scoring from this year unless everybody in that lineup takes a big step forward. Um, I don't see how they're going to be able to make it into the playoffs if they still have the scoring struggles that they had that we saw for, for a lot of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's going to depend on the Coyotes coming through with their their bottom lines is basically the bottom half of this team is going to have to stay really solid and they're going to have to be very consistent, which is always a problem for the Coyotes and the fact that this team um, lacks consistency all the time. Uh, with it being a shorter season, it will be a little bit easier for them um, in that sense. And they will always have the edge of goaltending. Like everyone said it and everyone's going to repeat it like all the way through the season. But as long as, you know, there's uh, people are staying healthy, I think that's going to be a big factor, too, in the fact that since this is a shorter season, it you won't have as much time to be able to come back. You know, you can get injured in the first half and then come back towards the second half of the season. It's not going to be like that. If someone gets injured significantly, they're going to be out for probably the, the full season. So um, I think that's going to be a big factor in it. And it's just really going to be whether the Coyotes can stay consistent and be able – to uh, keep that keep that depth and the fact that um, you know there was some additions to the team that are um, some bottom six players and stuff like that and so um, you know those bottom D pairings and those bottom lines are going to be really important in this team being able to um, to dethrone um, the wild in that last spot because I, I do think it will be very difficult and it's really going to depend on what coyotes we see come out this season. Um, it's it, no matter what, it's going to be um, rough just because of the fact that, I mean, Colorado, St. Louis and um, Vegas are three really kick-ass teams. Um, you really got to see that in the playoffs this year. So really, um, I, it's, I agree with you. It's going to come down to whether this team can be consistent enough to beat Minnesota and to be really, really able to um, get those scoring chances that they were struggling with until basically they got to the latter Nashville games, which came out of nowhere. But again, it was people like uh, that, that you wouldn't really expect to have been scoring those goals, scoring those goals. So um, it it's really going to come down to the latter half of this team and whether they're going to be able to help consistently carry the, uh, the top half of this team. So um, I think it's possible. It's just going to take a lot of consistency and um, goaltending staying very healthy. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, and like I said, I'm just glad Dallas is not in the division. And at least the Cowboys are going to have a chance at the playoffs this year, which is saying more. That's good. When the Cowboys are in the playoff conversation, that is very good. And we'll see how it plays out here over the next couple of weeks, because this team very similar to what it was last year, which kind of shocks me. I thought we were going to see a little bit more of a, of a, blow out of some of these players, but a lot of them are coming back and, and we're going to have the emergence maybe this year of a Barrett Hayton or maybe a Victor Soderstrom, et cetera, et cetera, like that. So a couple weeks away, Sporting Nation are, we are super excited. Okay. I think we have time for one random shit story, Corey. Uh, I picked a good one. Are you ready? I am never ready for this, but I am as ready as I can be. According to the verge, an unidentified Space Force soldier was supposed to show up to a mandatory PT evaluation earlier this month, but ended up arriving 30 minutes after he was supposed to. Now, 
Quickly, off the top of your head, why do you think he was 30 minutes late? Why do I think he was 30 minutes late? I don't know, because he, he's part of the Space Force and it was dumb and he decided not to get up that morning? Nope. It's even funnier than that. He says that he'd been hunting for a PS5 at a number of target locations instead of making up a fake excuse. However, he had he, he has since been demoted in the Space Force. <laughs> yep, this is exactly the, um, the way that I thought this was going to go when it um, basically was said that they were going to do a Space Force that um, it was going to be something like this. It was going to be a random shit story, like, all the time. I'm, I'm not even surprised at this point. I really... And, like, did you hear the same thing, too, that they are now calling themselves Guardians? Yes. There was a tweet from Seth MacFarlane who said, be honest, did you take submissions from anyone outside the CW? And, like, I watch a lot of CW shows, I like them, but that was hilarious. Because this is... I just feel like it keeps on getting dumber as time goes on. And the fact that this guy was searching for the new PlayStation um, just solidifies how dumb it is. Yeah, I, I agree. It's uh, I hope this gets included in the second season of Space Force, the Steve Carell Netflix show. Because it, it, this sounds exactly like it was just ripped from the pages of that show. So there you go. That does it for this episode of Sporty with Corey and Richie, everybody. We hope you enjoyed it. No Thursday episode this week. Safe and happy Christmas, as we told you about earlier in the show. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Corey underscore Richie Show. On Instagram at Corey Richie Show. Follow the network at HockeyPodNet. Follow Corey at Corey Nicole with two E's. I'm at rflores91 on the old Twitter machine. Do you have anything else before we say bye-bye? Um, apparently, according to Twitter, Ariana Grande is um, engaged again. So uh, that's some more information more news that no one cares about sorry i'm really negative today <laughs> and we'll have more on that breaking news on the next episode of sporty with Corey and richie before we go as soon as you stop listening to us i i am i was a guest as you're listening to this on the anaheim ducks quack report podcast we're going to talk about star wars and a bunch of other stuff so you can go listen to that as soon as you're done with us here until next week, Sporty Nation, good night and good hockey, everybody.